Contrary to evolution, the Bible says people were brilliant from the beginning. Geniuses in the genealogies, this week on Creation Magazine Live. Welcome to another audio podcast from your friends at CMI. Faith-building evidences for the accuracy of the Bible are coming right up. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. My name is Richard Fangrad. And I'm Calvin Smith. Now this week on Creation Magazine Live, our topic is geniuses in the yes. genealogies. All right. Yeah, once again, we <laughs> want to highlight that despite what some Christian individuals or even seminaries or ministries uh, promote, the story of evolution does not match what the Bible says. Right. Evolution teaches that humans started out as unsophisticated, ape-like hominids that spoke in grunts and so on and beat their wives over the heads with clubs and that kind of thing, and slowly developed more and more brain power until we could finally develop speech and simple technology like stone axes and, and philosophical constructs like the idea of a creator god, etc., until yeah. finally we became the geniuses that we are today. Oh, we're so smart. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting because what they promote is that it wasn't until we became uh, more intelligent that we cre could create a language. You need intelligence to create language, but the most yeah. sophisticated language we've ever seen, DNA, you require that to even have the simplest life form. I don't right. know if anybody's ever thought that through, but anyways, I digress. Uh, the Bible says that the original people God created were brilliant, and it implies that we haven't gotten smarter and better, but actually worse and worse over time because of the fall of man. Right, yeah. If evolution were true, the further we look back in history, the evidence should show a gradual decline in man's intelligence moving closer to the apes, of course. Right. Biblical creation would indicate otherwise. Mm. Man uh, created in God's image has always been intelligent. People uh, make discoveries and invent things, and uh, this knowledge is passed on and, and, and built upon. Mm -hmm. And in this way, technology can increase within a society, but this isn't because people become more intelligent. Right. A short time after creation, people were already inventing things such as uh, herding, agriculture, musical instruments, yeah, yeah. metalworking. We read about that in Genesis 4, 21 and 22. They didn't have a history of people slowly working things out before them, so that means they, they figured out how to do that incredibly quickly, which indicates brilliance. And by the yeah. time of uh, the flood, mankind could have reached a high level of technical know-how. Um, we don't know exactly how high, but of course there are some clues in the Bible. Right, yeah. For example, Stonehenge. It's massively heavy, the stones there, precisely positioned, and for years those stone slabs defined explanation for those thinking that the builders were less evolved. Right. It's recently been demonstrated that greased planks, ropes, and a little bit of ingenuity applied by fully intelligent people would be enough to do the job. Right. You know, it's funny that some people, uh, because... Be that, you know, because of the incredible sophistication of the some of the con construction and constructs and some yep. of the artifacts we see from uh, you know so-called ancient man, because of how complicated they are, they've proposed that visitors from space must yes. have helped build the great pyramids of Egypt or of Central America, for example. They thought, well, well, you know, we couldn't even do it today. So obviously, less advanced people, i.e., you know, uh, less smart people or less evolved people, you know, they couldn't have done it. So we must have had help from high evolved aliens. Right, yeah. Uh, is advanced technology from alien civilization needed to explain how ancient man could, could, for example, move huge stones, build monumental structures, create intricate artwork, uh, and, and organize complex cultures? 
The Bible says no. Mm -hmm. Man was extremely intelligent right from the start. It all fits with with a biblical history there. Absolutely. You know, it was sufficient for Noah uh, and his helpers to be able to build a huge ocean-going vessel, according to Genesis 6, 15. Sure. You know, the the ark uh, measured approximately 135 meters long, 23 meters wide, and 13 meters tall. And we know that these proportions were actually ideal for stability. This colossal task would have required advanced knowledge in engineering, not to mention timber-working techniques, etc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Second, we can get some indication of the level of technology in those civilizations, which sprang up rapidly after the flood. Noah and his family would have tried to carry with them as much knowledge as they could, obviously, to survive and then restart the civilization in the new world for which they, of course, were headed. Mm -hmm. After the Bible record, uh, after the Bible records that Soon after the flood, mankind built a huge city. This was in the fertile river valley of Mesopotamia, around uh, present-day Iraq. Even evolutionists can't ignore the evidence here and generally refer to this area as the cradle of civilization, which it was, but only for the post-flood world. Uh, You can see many lists of people we've, we've, uh, we've all descended from listed there in the Bible. How did, how did they live? What did they do? Uh, were they smart or were they unsophisticated, uh, shall we say? Yeah, well, we mentioned that uh, after the flood, people built, um, built the Tower of Babel, which was probably a ziggurat or one of the first types of pyramids, like others that are still standing in, uh, in the area around present-day Babylon. And similar styles of pyramids are found in ancient civilizations all over the world. For example, when I went down to uh, the Maya Riviera yeah. a couple of times, they were all those ziggurat-shaped pyramids. Yeah. Uh, but evolutionary historians believe that each culture devised the same style of building independently. Yeah, uh, it seems much more plausible to suggest that they are similar because they came from the same origin, Babel. Right. As with any group of people in society today, um, those that existed at the time of the Tower of Babel would have had a diverse range of skills. Some were builders, some were artists, and others farmers, etc. However, when God divided the groups by language, the broad pool of knowledge was divided also. Right. And the original group that became, for example, the civilizations of the Egyptians and Mayans obviously included people skilled in civil engineering. Look at what they built. Uh, as evidenced by the rapid establishment of those cultures, other groups would have lacked such knowledge. Yeah, imagine if you or your, you know, you and your extended family were, were suddenly forced to migrate rapidly into an unpopulated wilderness. Yeah. Even though we come from a society with a lot of technology, great technology, it's likely that your family group wouldn't carry all the necessary knowledge, uh, you know, with you. For example, to be able to find ore bodies and and and, and smelt, uh, you know. Smelting techniques and to, work, to make work metal. metals yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So you might choose to use stone tools, for example, to survive. Right. And so just because we see that some societies today don't have certain technologies or what we would consider more sophisticated ways of life doesn't mean that they didn't come from a culture that actually was more advanced than they are today. That mm. could have happened. Right. The, the traditional view of so-called uh, cultural evolution is that hunter-gatherer societies became agricultural societies, yes. which then yes. became industrial ones and so on. So technology, it has always been taken uh, for granted, always increases. Uh, but when anthropologists come across a hunter-gatherer society, the standard su- assumption that they had never in their cultural past uh, had an agricultural society, well, we're, we're going to look into that and see if that's right. Yes. However, according to what the Bible teaches, when you come across a hunter-gatherer society today, mm-hmm. since these are the descendants of people who built the city of Babel, right. the inference is clear. Yeah. Uh, even though such hunter-gatherer societies show no signs of 
for example, agriculture, uh, they have descended from societies which did practice agriculture. That's right. It's therefore of great interest to creationists whenever evidence emerges that societies can in fact lose technology or that a particular hunter-gatherer society has descended from an agricultural society in relatively modern times. Right, yes. One such incidence is the story of the Moriori. Around a thousand years ago, Polynesian farmers colonized New Zealand to become the Maori. Uh, soon afterwards, a group of Maori colonized the Chatham Islands about 800 kilometers east of New Zealand and became known as the Moriori. In 1835, the Maori, uh, in, the Maori invaders invaded the, the Chatham Islands there, enslaving and killing most of the Moriori, and the rest were, were largely wiped out over the su succeeding years by their Maori conquerors. Right. And interestingly, uh, although they had originally been an agricultural society, the Moriori had long since reverted to become hunter-gatherers. This made sense to them, uh, to them and for them because the islands were too cold to grow the largely tropical Maori crops. Okay. And without being able to store surpluses of crop food, they could not support, the, the, support and feed uh, non-hunting craft specialists, armies, bureaucrats and chiefs. Uh, they were therefore a less warlike society, which made them vulnerable to Maori attacks. <laughs> right. So the lesson here is that the standard evolutionary story of anthropological cultural development has been shown to be unsound. Hunting, right. gathering isn't a sign of being primitive or less evolved, but can just simply be a means of coping with a particular situation that people find themselves in. The Bible says people started off as being very intelligent. It also says that the curse has been wearing out the creation for about 6,000 years now. Is there evidence that our great-grandfathers actually had more brain power than we do? Okay, well, that's a good question. And in fact, a new study led by psychologist Michael Woodley from the UMI University in Sweden has found that our 19th century ancestors were, quote, substantially cleverer than we are. <laughs> the researchers compared reaction times, that's basically reflex speed, mm -hmm. as an indicator of our fleetness of mind, they called it, or general intelligence across the generations since uh, way back in the 1800s. Right, now we, we should point out that although the alternative indicator, IQ, is a useful measure of general intelligence today, the researchers could not meaningfully compare it directly across different eras as earlier generations usually had uh, limited access to education, nutrition, hygiene, which probably would have boosted uh, modern results. Right, uh, however, when they compared modern reaction times with those measured in the late 19th century by Francis Galton. Who, by the way, was Charles Darwin's first cousin who founded the eugenics movement. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so when they compared modern reaction times to the Victorians, they found that uh, the average man in 1889 had a reaction time of, 103, of 183 milliseconds, but in 2004, it had slowed to 253 milliseconds. Mm -hmm. For the average woman, too, there was a, a deterioration over the same time period from 188 down to 261. Right. Now, what the uh, researchers say is that um, uh, the, the slowing in our reflexes can be equated to a loss of 14 IQ points since Victorian times. This pronounced <laughs> decline is three times larger than previous theoretical estimates. Yeah, and this study, along with uh, a genetic study, shows progressive mutational degradation of our human genome with about 100 new mutations or so per generation. 
it's just more evidence of our being in bondage to decay, as the Bible says in Romans 8. Yeah, and by the way, you can see John Sanford's, uh, Dr. John Sanford's groundbreaking book about this, book. this, this, you know, uh, what we call genetic entropy and yeah. the mystery of the genome, title of his book, at the creation.com bookstore. And you can also check out the show we've done about this from season two, episode three, called Genetic Mutation, Magnificent Modifier, or Mega Meltdown. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's quite a mouthful. Uh, well, we'll, we'll, what we see more and more from the evolutionary community is an admission that uh, what we would understand as post-flood people and what they assume in the evolutionary uniformitarian scheme of Earth history of the past is that uh, the understanding of ancient man is changing. Mm. The depictions of them are becoming more intelligent. Yes, they are. <laughs> For instance, uh, evolutionists had assumed that the uh, Paleolithic people lacked cognitive and technological means to build boats, for example. However, the recent discovery of stone tools from an archaeological survey on the Greek island of Crete challenges this view uh, clear back to the early Paleolithic. Yeah, archaeologists had previously thought that Crete, uh, Crete had been uh, colonized by humans, or, or rather had not been colonized by humans until the late Neolithic period. This conclusion was mainly deduced from the belief that Crete had been separated from the mainland for about five to six million years, mm. and so for Paleolithic man to reach Crete, he needed boats. Right. Paleolithic sites in Spain also uh, suggest that early man crossed the Gibraltar state, uh, Strait. All these discoveries uh, or deductions mean that early people, including what people usually call Neanderthals and Homo erectus, built boats and could navigate the seas, which were much more uh, show that they were much more intelligent than evolutionists have typically given them credit for. Yeah. Uh, the ability of early man to build boats has also been reinforced by the arrival of humans thought to be Homo erectus about a million years ago in, in, in the evolutionary scheme on Indonesia's Flores Island, which must have been by boat. Also, pre-Neolithic people made it to Australia by at least 50,000 years ago, in, in, again, in the evolutionary timescale. Right. So what we see more and more is uh, that these ancient people that were once depicted as, you know, not that intelligent are actually, were actually very intelligent. Yes. And of course, we're going to, when we get back, we're going to continue looking at this, looking at how ancient man being uh, portrayed as, you know, less intelligent in the past, well, now they're, they're much smarter. Uh, the processing of milk especially the production of cheese is considered a te technically complex process and it's also considered a, a critical development in the evolution of man that came very late in human evolution. So the finding in northwestern Anatolia of abundant milk residues on pottery from the 6th millennium BC and pots are uh, pierced with small holes with abundant milk fat, very likely used for making cheese, has pushed back milk processing 3,000 years in the evolutionary scheme, which is just another sign that People have been intelligent from the get-go. From the get-go, exactly. Uh, archaeologists working in South Africa have recently unearthed spear tips that are claimed to be 500,000 years old. Amazing, half a million years old. The deduction is based on the, the modification and damage on the stone points consistent with having been attached to spear handles. This extends the ability to make stone-tipped spears by 200,000 years. The use of wooden spears found among the remains of butchered horses in Germany has already pushed back 
the, uh, the use of spears to 400,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And another South African uh, cave has produced organic human artifacts claimed to be 44,000 years old. And these artifacts include evidence of the oldest use of poisoned arrows for, for hunting and the use of beeswax. It's also interestingly uh, interesting that the artifacts are nearly identical to those which are actually still in use by the Bushmen of Southern Africa today. Okay, so it's likely that all of these archaeological sites represent post-flood man. Uh, the, the pushing back in, in evolutionary time of man's abilities means that post-flood man was more intelligent than evolutionists believed, mm -hmm. more and more supporting the belief that man was always intelligent and never evolved from some ape-like creature. Yeah. Now, it's actually undisputed that uh, some of our ancestors had access to advanced technology capable of, of producing things uh, like the pyramids that modern engineers can't even replicate yeah. today. So, you know, however, some have, uh, you know, kind of hugely overstated the case of how smart our, our uh, you know, ancient ancestors must have been. And, uh, you know, saying things, arguing that, well, maybe Noah had access to extremely advanced technology, similar to what we have today. You know? Yeah, that's going a bit far. Yeah. Uh, one well-known creationist leader actually claimed that Noah and his contemporaries could have had tools, machines, and techniques not inferior to those today, again. Yeah, that's kind of obviously fallacious. Going I mean, if they, if they had techniques just as good as we had ours when they were yeah. building the, 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 the ark, for example, then why didn't they just use some kind of lightweight titanium alloy or attach an outboard motor, or, you know, for good measure and you know, actually videotape the events for posterity? There that would go. have been nice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, such claims overlook by a vital factor. Intelligence isn't enough for scientific advance. Mm. You need more than that. Historically and, and, and logically, the rise of modern science depended strongly on certain assumptions. And these were derived from, the, uh, from a biblical Christian worldview, including honesty, rationality, yep. and, and a law-giving creator and upholder of the universe. Right. Conversely, uh, science was stillborn in many ancient uh, cultures, such as Greece and China. Uh, also, much of today's technology comes not from superior intellect, per se, but from building on the results of previous research. Uh, even the great creationist uh, scientific genius Sir Isaac Newton said, if I have uh, seen further, it is only by standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Uh, this required a relatively peaceful society that provided enough time to investigate nature and pass on the results. And or there's an organized structure there in society to do that mm -hmm. that needed to be there. It's hard to advance technology when everything you write down is in danger of being destroyed or wiped out by conquering armies or, or, or vigilantes or vandals or things like that. Right. So when Christianity took hold in the Western world and you had police forces and armies and you had people living a good enough lifestyle, they didn't have to just struggle for survival, then they turned to art and science and so on and had the right, um, yeah, you know. You need uh, the organization of a society there with with a, with with like something like a police force or a government right. to maintain moral order yep. in order for technology to increase. Doesn't mean people weren't intelligent. Right. Now, of course, some have uh, understandably um, you know, pointed to warfare, uh, to, to wartime as a fruitful time for military innovations. But in the overall scheme of things, it's still the periods of peace that were the most advantageous as opposed mm -hmm. to the more specialized advances made in weaponry during war. And even during the, the World Wars, for example, World War I, World War II, there was peace within the countries. Uh, for, you know, for example, even though the UK and the US were you know, on a war footing, those nations still maintained order within their nations. Um, sure. But, you know, for example, flood society, was, was totally different if you read the scripture. It was a society full of violence. Only evil continually, the Bible mm. tells us. Yeah, the pre-flood world was far from being 
uh, a biblically based civilization. Rather, it rejected God and was full of violence, as we read in Genesis 6:11. Uh, these are hardly the conditions required for good scientific research and technology to advance, and this is the, the, the main thing overlooked by those who overstate the technology of, of Noah's time there. That's right. So, uh, you know, next time you read through the biblical genealogies, hopefully you'll see them as they're r rightly presented. These were definitely, you know, they were definitely geniuses in the genealogies, and we'll be back. Well, welcome to the In the News section where we take something in the popular news that is something to do with the creation-evolution debate and we discuss and analyze it and go from there. Okay, yes, here's an interesting one uh, titled the, the Mystery... Oh, what's the title here? Mystery of Why Turtles Have Shells Solved <laughs> After Eight-Year-Old Finds Fossil. Well, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. So uh, it's very enlightening, I'm sure. So, so here we go. Uh, some time ago, an eight-year-old named Cobus Siniman found some turtle bones on his father's farm in South Africa. The six-inch turtle specimen then made its way to scientists studying the ancient evolution of turtles and specifically how and why turtles evolved to wear protective shells. That's the way the okay, article starts. Okay, we're going to find out why they got shells. Skipping down here a bit. Scientists never quite understood why turtles had shells in the first place. Were they always for protection? It se seemed like an awfully cumbersome way to go about it. And as it turned out, the shells weren't originally for protection at all. Oh, good, good wow. to know. Yeah. All right, the article continues. Why the turtle shell evolved this way is, very, is a very Dr. Seuss-like question. And the answer seems pretty obvious. It was for protection, says Tyler Lawson, who led the research. But just like the bird feather did not initially involve flight, we now have early relatives of birds such as Tyrannosaur dinosaurs with feathers <laughs> that definitely were not flying. Oh, dear. Um, the earliest beginnings of the turtle shell was not for protection, but rather for digging underground to escape harsh South African environment uh, where these early proto-turtles lived. <laughs> Where do you start with a story like that? I mean, I think the Dr. Seuss reference was pretty relevant there. I mean, this is a, this is a made-up story to amuse young minds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, it comes out. Well, uh, how about uh, we start with the? What do you start with here? Yeah, the, the feathered T-Rex compound. Yeah, comment. okay. We we have an article on our website totally debunking that. By the way, by by an evolutionist. Yeah. Uh, the original National Geographic article's feathers for T-Rex attracted uh, fierce criticism from, from, from some very prominent evolutionists because of its poor science, yeah. provoking some evolutionists to use, the wor use words like total hoax. Yeah. I mean, the, the article even illustrated a baby T-Rex with feathers, as well as putting feathers on another theropod like, dinosaur, uh, Deinonychus. And all of that was based on a fossil illegally exported from the uh, Leoning province in China, China uh, yeah. tentatively named Archaeoraptor, which was allegedly a feathered dinosaur. Yeah, Archaeoraptor, it, it turns out, was a total hoax. It was a forgery, which National Geographic has admitted to. Yeah. You, can, you can look at uh, that link, at, uh, at, at this link here on the screen. Yeah. Uh, you can see that information there. Unbelievable. So this article, talking about how we can know why turtles evolved our shells is using comparisons to how we can know that T-Rex had, had feathers, feathers yeah. which is based on a fraud. I mean, it's amazing that they can call this stuff science, but let's face it, the average public doesn't know all of that. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, 
that's why we talk about it, I guess, is to just get people to realize this is not science. And and, and do these little feedback sections here where we have the new stuff. and, And you can read the whole article, and all they do is make an assertion. Oh, well, they evolved shells so that they could escape from the harsh sun. And again, yeah, one of the questions you want to ask when you read these articles, new yep. scientific discoveries, this kind of thing is, is that the only possible explanation? And yeah. Of course, the answer is no. You can come up with many of them. Use your imagination. Come up with all <laughs> kinds do. of other things. They do. They use it all the time. <laughs> anyway, if you want to see some of the previous episodes, go to creation.com and watch them there on the Media Center. Both the Creation Magazine live TV show and this podcast are produced by Creation Ministries International, a global think tank organization dedicated to disseminating the huge amount of scientific evidence for the accuracy of the biblical account of the origin of our universe. If you'd like to donate to keep this information coming, go to creation.com donate. And thanks for listening.